The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. On today's Court TV podcast, after a week off, the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard defamation trial is back in action with Amber Heard returning to the stand for cross-examination by Johnny's lawyers. Court TV's Chanley Painter was in the courtroom when it happened and will share with us what she learned. This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinnie Politan. I'm Vinnie Politan. Thank you so much for downloading the Court TV Podcast. We are in the midst of an historical trial on Court TV. Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. You know, we usually cover murder trials and uh, many death penalty cases, a lot at stake. This case, not a criminal case. It's a civil case. And, and, and one of the reasons we don't usually cover civil cases on Court TV is um, they settle, meaning that, you know, both sides come to some agreement at some point because usually they're just fighting over some money, uh, how much should be paid. You know, they negotiate back and forth, and those negotiations usually take place throughout the course of the trial. Not in Fairfax County, Virginia, folks, because this is a the most uncivil civil litigation I've ever seen. These are two people who hate each other. This is vindictive. This is spiteful. This is filled with emotion. There are tens of millions of dollars at stake. And it's two people who clearly don't get along and are each trying to prove that the other is a liar and that each of the other is an abuser and that they are the victims. It, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And we're at the point of this trial now where Amber Heard is being cross-examined and, and has finished her cross-examination. Now, the reason this is so significant, and I would say even more significant than Johnny Depp's testimony, is because what this trial ultimately is about, right? It's a defamation case, cross-claims for defamation, but it's all based upon um, statements and allegations made by Amber Heard that she is a victim of domestic abuse. She is a survivor, and her abuser is Johnny Depp. So it, it's all about her statements, her credibility. So ultimately, when she testifies, it's incredibly important and significantly more important than anyone else's testimony in the case. So let's bring in Court TV legal correspondent Chanley Painter, who's been in the courtroom for all of this. And uh, this week, we're going to focus on the cross-examination, for the most part, of Amber Heard, because uh, as we know, the, the true test of anyone's testimony is how do you survive uh, cross-examination. Chanley, just give us a flavor for what it's like inside the courtroom during this cross-examination, you've got Camille Vasquez, Johnny Depp's attorney, versus Amber Heard. It was Camille versus Amber on this cross-examination, Vinny. I just have to give a big shout-out to Depp's team for the preparation. You know, we're attorneys. I'm an attorney sitting in this gallery. I'm watching the cross unfold. They did their homework, Vinny. She had an outline of questions. She had a team of attorneys backing her up with all the copies she needed. The videos, the audios queued up to the perfect point. The photos, it was seamless. You know, we've been in so many courtrooms and we see kind of, oh, well, one minute, Your Honor, hold on. Let's pull up this. You said that? Okay, let's, let's impeach with this. And it takes some time. That wasn't the case. So it was... It was, as an attorney, uh, enjoyable to watch the flow 
of a cross-examination by someone who was so prepared. But let's talk about the dynamics, though, between Amber and Camille Vasquez, because you could cut the tension with a knife. Amber, uh, there's um, they don't like each other. Let's just say that. You could tell <laughs> in the courtroom. And it was almost a battle between them on who was in control. Amber was determined to finish out her answer. And then Camille would want to interrupt her and say, no, I got your answer, Miss Hurd. I got your answer. Or comments, even little um, snarky comments from both sides. You know, sometimes Camille would, after an answer, would say, well, how convenient. Or actually, no, I have this, Miss Hurd. Let me correct you. It was it was a wild to watch. And, and I have to say, it came across quite effective inside the courtroom. Yeah, absolutely. The, the preparation was incredible. And it, it seemed very personal on both ends. Mm -hmm. And I always think lawyers are much more effective in front of a jury when they when it when it appears that they are invested in the case and have this firm belief in the case and and a lot of times we see that on court tv but this was this was at a different level of investment in the case and belief it was almost as if um Camille Vasquez is defending like almost her own honor, you know, in this cross examination it was really fascinating to watch so let's let's let the folks hear some of this we're going to start with um the cross-examination, and this is cross-examination relative to uh, what happened down in Australia, specifically Johnny Depp, uh, his finger is severed. And this has been a, a point that uh, both sides are, are completely giving different versions of how his finger was severed. Let's see how it went down. Mr. Depp lost the tip of his finger after you threw a bottle at him. Isn't that right? That is incorrect. You're the one who assaulted someone with a bottle in Australia, isn't that right, Ms. Hurd? I didn't assault Johnny in Australia. I didn't assault Johnny ever. I couldn't. And then after he was injured, he had to hide from you, right? That is in incorrect. Five bathrooms, two bedrooms. That is incorrect. And you would pursue him. That is incorrect. Because he was avoiding talking to you, right? He did that first night when he was I avoiding, tried to talk to him about the drugs. And he was avoiding working it out. No, he was uh, avoiding agreeing to not fight about the drugs. You weren't scared of him at all, were you? I have a, uh, a mixed relationship with Johnny, and one in which I'm scared, one in which I love him very much. I'm not talking about your mixed relationship. That night in Australia, after you cut off his finger with a bottle, you weren't scared of him at all, were you? This is a man who tried... To kill me. Of course, it's scary. He's also my husband. Okay. Uh, Chanley, I want you to give us a little more context in, in some of the other evidence that's presented around this, because this exchange is, is, to me, crucial. This is the most extreme allegation that she made, that she was sexually assaulted with a bottle and that Johnny somehow severed his own finger. Johnny Depp, on the other hand, saying, no, no, no. I never did that, and she severed my finger when she threw a bottle at me. Mm -hmm. This whole thing about being scared, to me, is a crucial factor in determining um, what was going on down there. Right, Vinny, because this wasn't, a, you know, one incident, uh, a moment. This was three days. 
three days in an Australian mansion for, they're there, let's step back, they're there for the filming of the Pirates of the Caribbean 5, Johnny Depp is there, and they have, a, I guess, a long weekend, there's three days, and very two dif- uh, different stories here. Of course, where should we start? Johnny Depp's side, uh, he says Amber Heard is upset about uh, wanting him wanting her to sign a post-nup uh, agreement. Um, they just got married about a month before, and she is upset about that and throws vodka bottles at him. The second one hits his hand and severs his finger. She tells a very different story on the witness stand, and she says that when she arrived to Australia, Johnny Depp ingest eight to 10 MDMA or ecstasy pills and then continues to hold her hostage inside this home for three days, repeatedly physically, and as you mentioned, sexually assaulting her uh, with a liquor bottle. And she, we see photos of, of some of the aftermath of the damage. And, and, and really, it's, it's two competing narratives. And of course, Johnny Depp says, he he did say I cut my finger, but he said he said that to protect Amber. He didn't want people to know about the abuse. And of course, she says she didn't tell people about the sexual assault because she wanted to protect Johnny Depp. It came out much later in the UK trial. And so that's where we are. Let me ask you this, Chanley. They played some recordings also in the courtroom where they're discussing what was going on there. And And from the recordings, what I took away was that it, it seemed like Johnny kept trying to get away from her, going, you know, locking himself in the bathroom, uh, creating space, and she was the one pursuing him. Right. That was a powerful moment on cross-examination because she, Camille Vasquez, inquires of Amber exactly what was happening during that moment. And then we listen to this audio where it seems to allege that Amber kept following Johnny Depp around this huge house to five different bathrooms that he would barricade himself in. And she would come knock on the door and reinitiate, reignite this battle. And to two or three different bedrooms in the house, she kept this going. So if she was actually really scared or in fear for her life or being assaulted, this audio seemed to suggest otherwise. And that's been a major theme uh, from Johnny Depp's side is that when there's conflict, he retreats and she wants to pursue and she's the aggressor. She's the initiator. I I, want to play for folks this other moment. And this is it could be a small moment, but I think it is a very big moment as well. And it involves a gift that Amber Heard gave to Johnny Depp. So it was during these cycles of violence in 2012 that you gave Mr. Depp a knife as a gift. I gave him a knife, um, I think, for a birthday present early in our relationship. I believe it was around 2012, but I'm not certain. Yes, that's it. That's the knife you gave to the man who was hitting you, right, Ms. Heard? I wasn't worried he was going to stab me with it when I gave it to him, that's for certain. But you gave it to him while he was abusing you, allegedly. I gave it to him that year. Can you describe that knife for us, Chanley? Because I was a little shocked when I saw it. It's more like a dagger, right? I'm not, I'm not a knife expert, but uh, uh, it's, not, it's no little pocket knife, that's for sure. And so this was a big moment too, many in, inside the courtroom, because the head bailiff who's in charge of the courtroom, in charge of the jury, the jury knows him really well, 
is tasked with holding this quite large knife and walking it in front of the gallery and in front of the jury box. And this hadn't happened before in the courtroom. They hadn't seen evidence in front of them displayed like this. So that made this seem even more important then maybe it really was in the whole scheme of everything because he's holding like walking in front of a jury who is leaning in and some are even smiling at their best friend Mr. Bailiff as he's holding this knife and they're looking at it and of course there's an inscription this I think it's until death you know slim it was she's that's what she referred to herself or he referred to Amber Heard as Slim and he was Steve in the relationship and this was the gift. So that made it a bigger moment that resonated because of the display, the demonstrative aid that it was inside the courtroom and and the fact that if she was so in fear for her life and for her safety that she would gift a deadly weapon to her spouse. Actually, he wasn't her spouse at the time. It was no uh, right. They were they were this they were dating, but she claims that the the abuse goes back to 2012, three years before they even get married, and you're buying someone who physically abuses you a knife, this huge knife, a powerful cross examination inside the courtroom. Now, another big part of this case is. Johnny Depp's use and abuse of mind-altering substances, whether it's alcohol or drugs. And Amber Heard has argued that it was when he was on these benders and on these drugs is when he would turn into the violent Johnny. Even after taking ecstasy, the love drug, he would turn into the violent Johnny uh, Depp. And on cross-examination, it was interesting because Camille Vasquez is talking a lot about, you know, okay, so you've got this guy who becomes a monster when he's around drugs and you've known this for years, but uh, when it came time for your wedding, you made sure there were drugs there. Let's take a listen. And you arranged to have drugs at your wedding, correct? Uh, like I said, we had mushrooms um, for my bridal party beforehand. So you plan to have drugs at your wedding to someone you characterize as a drug addict? To be fair, we were going to have separate parties, as I mentioned. So a bridal party before this, the schedule ended up changing quite a bit. And this is a draft, clearly, that was sent before there were a lot of changes made. The bridal so party your original and the idea, Ms. Heard, your original idea was to have a rehearsal dinner with your husband, the drug addict, the monster, um, and then do drugs with your girlfriends on the island after your rehearsal dinner? I realize that's what the email suggests, but that wasn't no, a plan. No, it's not what it suggests, Ms. Heard. It's what you said in that email. Right, but what I'm trying to say is that the schedule ended up changing. We ended up doing the little... So your original idea it, was to do drugs. Before. Yeah, your idea, original idea was to do drugs on an island after your rehearsal dinner to the drug-fueled monster that you were about to marry, right? The, the, as the email suggests, there, were go there was going to be weed on the island. My wedding was... Much more boring than this one, I guess. We had a balloon drop, you know? I was I was really concerned about that balloon drop, right? Right. And no, you got to have all the drugs flown into the island. Like, I, I get it, and it's part of their lifestyle. But this is significant because she has, she has during the course of this case, they've painted Johnny Depp as the, the, the monster who's always fueled by drugs, yet she is introducing drugs 
to the most important, it's supposed to be like one of the most important days in your life and in your relationship, the, the day you, you exchange vows. This is fascinating. It is. And on so many different levels, this is important. First of all, because what you said, drugs and dancing, come to our wedding. Hey, let's have fun. And it goes to the point that, well, for a couple of reasons. First, Amber Heard testified that she's only done drugs a couple of times. I think she testified maybe twice she did drugs during the relationship with Johnny Depp. And so Camille, of course, impeaches her on other instances where she used drugs, Coachella, there's text messages about wanting drugs. There were, um, of course, this wedding invite or a tentative plan about drugs and dancing at the reception. So that's a point of impeachment, Vinny. But also, which, what she said is that Amber Heard's defense here is that Johnny Depp was this monster who was fueled on drugs and alcohol and became violent. And he called himself this monster. He, he struggled with overcoming this. And if that was the case, then why is she seemingly enabling his use of drugs by having it on the biggest day of their lives, their wedding, when, like you said earlier, they'd been together for several years before that, that he'd been allegedly abusing her. And it's a theme. It's, it's, and, and there was an instance, I think, where it was her birthday party and she said, oh, make sure you pick up the drugs yes. uh, before you come home. Instead of, you know, hey, can you stop and pick up some cupcakes or something? No. <laughs> this is the life they're living, right? They're, right. Both, they're both in the middle of it. But Amber Heard's team seemed to try to paint it as a one-way street when it looks like she's, she's okay with the drugs and she's encouraging the drugs. And if, and if the drugs were the fuel that, that led to her being physically abused and raped and, and why on earth would you ever, ever introduce them into the mix, especially for your own wedding? Yeah, Vinny, when her testimony has been how much she worked to try to help him overcome, to help him detox, to not give him his medications and to work with his doctors. Remember Gina Duders was a witness, uh, one, of one of the witnesses for Johnny Depp at the beginning of this trial who her testimony was stricken. That was a big controversy. Remember that part because she had seen clips of this testimony of the trial. But one of her things she testified to before it was stricken, Benny, was at this wedding when she was doing drugs, MDMA with Amber. That's what she was talking about. So uh, I wonder if we'll hear more from someone else about that since Gina's testimony was stricken. Now, back to uh, Australia. And, and to me, it was very significant in her testimony that Amber Heard was not able to put in sequence what happened down in Australia, right? Best case scenario for Amber Heard is she can testify, okay, um, I was raped with a bottle and then Johnny cut off his finger and it was in that order. But she was unable to put it into a sequence from her perspective as to what happened when. And, you know, I was like, I thought it was me. You know, I'm covering this trial and I thought like, I'm just not following the testimony close enough. And I, I don't have a clear picture of what exactly happened down in Australia, what order it happened in. And I keep hearing about these three days, but I have no idea of like day one, day two, day three. None of it uh, is clear in my head. But then when she was testifying about it, I figured it out because the testimony is not clear about that. So Vinny, if you're not clear, 
the jury is not clear. And I've been in the courtroom and I'm struggling with the same thing. I'm taking some notes and I'm trying to determine an, a, a timeline or a sequence of events. It's a three day hot hodgepodge of this happened and then this happened. But this was a strong moment for Camille to point out the fact that maybe Amber Heard doesn't have a strong timeline because she embellished over the years. You know, that saying, you tell the truth, you remember it. You know, if you try to make something up, you don't remember it the same every time. So I think that's the point that she was trying to achieve inside the courtroom. Because if you remember Amber Heard's direct testimony, she describes what sounds like Johnny Depp severing his finger before the sexual assault part of her testimony. And if that's the case, he's doing this with a severed finger, maybe doesn't seem as credible. That's what Camille was trying to get at. But Amber Heard tried to be very clear that it was so traumatic for her that she couldn't recall a sequence. This happened and then this happened. It was just memories of that time in Australia. So we'll see what the jury thinks. But I agree with you. It's it's an unclear situation. It's unclear. And, you know, a, a jury wants clarity. And if the finger is severed first, the plausibility of this violent sexual assault is is much less. Is a man a man with with a bleeding severed finger going to be able to do what she alleges? And there's no blood. She identifies the liquor bottle in a photo. It was one of the most dramatic moments of her testimony where they put this photo and she says, I didn't realize until a couple of days ago that that's the bottle that I believe he used to assault me. And you look at the bottle, there's no, I can't see any visible blood on it. If he severed her finger, maybe there'd be blood on it. Or she said she bled from this incident. It's just little pieces like that. And we know in our experience that jurors pick up on and they may be seeing that uh, inconsistency as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, this is an important event because it's the most extreme example of uh, uh, abuse and violence that Amber Heard is alleging against Johnny Depp. So I want to now play for you Amber Heard. This is in redirect. So this is when her attorney is, is questioning her after the cross-examination has ended, trying to explain why she cannot recall the order that everything happened in. How is it that you didn't just remember all of those events like this? That's, that's not how your memory or my memory works. You know, we were together for five years, almost four and a half. And uh, it was a very violent, chaotic, at times very loving, emotional uh, uh, relationship. So as... As anyone can imagine, there was a lot going on, and uh, unfortunately, the violence became almost normal, especially towards the end. It was just, it's, it's hard to even, it's hard to say that now, but the violence was almost normal, and, you know, your brain does with trauma what it does, puts it away best you can, so I was... I was, um, frankly, I was shocked to see um, a lot of the information presented. So as I listen to this, I, I get it. Like if you have an expert, and, and I think they need an expert to come in and explain trauma and memory, because these are two very, very big events, a sexual assault with a 
big liquor bottle and the severing of Johnny Depp's finger and all the blood associated with that and finding the finger by the bar, et cetera. Those two events, and, and, and for a jury, they need to understand why you wouldn't remember which happened first, which of those two things happened first and why you have no clarity about it. I don't think, I don't think they're going to buy what she just said there, Chanley. I don't think you can just, um, you know, <laughs> they're always painting these two, but brush it with such a broad stroke. Well, it was so traumatic, I can't remember anything. I don't think I don't think these these twenty year old men who are on the jury are going to buy that. They're going to want a little something extra, which maybe an expert can explain. It. And she may be telling the truth. I'm not saying she's not telling the truth. What I'm saying is convincing the jury that um, this is this is normal to not remember that. Well, we know based on opening statements that gives us a preview of what they plan to do in their case, Vinny. That. Elaine Bredhoff mentioned several experts to the stand, one on the cycle of violence and ones that have treated Amber Heard, her trauma and how that has affected her. So I, I believe we're going to, if they don't run out of time, have more of that type of testimony, because like you said, they need it. They also mentioned, this stood out to me in openings, that they're going to have an orthopedic surgeon testify to talk about how Johnny's version of what he says happened to his finger would be virtually impossible. So that will be interesting testimony. So again, they're going to try to counteract that and explain that away. And, you know, you say the young men, men may be critical on the jury, but not the women too. I think even more so because we are, she's a woman as well. And we put ourselves almost in that situation and maybe they have a similar situation in their own lives and they can relate that to it. So you just never know. Uh, what they're thinking. And I'm trying, I'm looking at their faces, Vinny, and I know some of them wear masks, (laughs) but it is difficult to tell. I kind of secretly think a couple of them may be leaning this way or that way, but you just never know. Okay. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, more of the cross-examination and where uh, Camille Vasquez and Johnny Depp's team uh, going after really the character of Amber Heard. That is next. The killer, you know. They were the perfect family, but never suspected. I'll find you one way or the other. Someone they knew with Tamron Hall. Sunday, 9, 8 central on Court TV. Sitting here today, you have not donated the $7 million donated, not pledged, donated the $7 million divorce settlement to charity. I use pledge and donation synonymous with one another. They but do the I don't, same thing. Ms. Heard. I don't use it synonymously. That's how donations are paid. Ms. Heard, respectfully, that's not my question. The back and forth is amazing. But here, uh, Camille Vasquez is, is, is going after Amber Heard because she's come out publicly saying, I didn't want anything from Johnny Depp. The $7 million settlement, I'm donating it all to charity. She went on a Danish talk show. The jury saw it where she said she had given the $7 million to two charities. Um, And she hasn't, has she, Chanley? She has not. What a moment that was in the courtroom when Camille and Amber bickered over what pledge meant and what donated meant. It got frustrating to all of us, I think, sitting in the courtroom and the jury but what we do know is no she hasn't and that's been the testimony that Depp 
represented through the ACLU, representative through uh, the you know, business managers who say that they have do uh, donated, that he has paid Johnny Depp the entire $7 million to Amber Heard. And he even made a couple of direct payments to the charities uh, as well. So she's not reached her goal. I believe it was a total of $1.3 million that she's made of the $3.5 million. But even that's still in controversy, Vinny, because on the stand, Amber Heard said that that $500,000 her then boyfriend, Elon Musk, made to the ACLU and the Children's Hospital would not count to her contribution to the charities. But her reasoning is, Johnny Depp sued me. And I've had to stop payments and pay for this litigation. Yeah, but there was a little time gap. She had the money before the litigation started. Um, so and that was clear to the jury. Yeah, she looks really bad in this. And, and I'll tell you why, because she breaks up with Johnny or, you know, she splits from Johnny Depp. And then all of a sudden she's dating the richest man in the world, Elon Musk. And he's making payments and he's making payments, but she has the money, but she's not making the payments. And She's trying to shed this, um, this accusation of being some sort of a gold digger. That word has come up in the courtroom. It absolutely has. I'm not making it up, folks, okay? It's, it's part of the testimony of the evidence. And if you go from dating the richest uh, actor, right, the highest paid actor of all time, I think he set the, the world record in 2012 when they were dating, um, to then the richest man in the world, it's kind of hard to shed um, that accusation. I mean, the jury's going to say, okay, I, yeah, you're not a gold digger, but the people you date seem to be like really, <laughs> really, rich. really rich. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, Vinny. And I think that's why she even became more defensive on the witness stand when Camille brought this up. And there was, it was like Amber almost snapped and said, I could have gotten a lot more out of that divorce. You know, I was entitled to half and I only got seven million and I was going to give it away to charity. And that that really did seem to rattle her because, like you said, optically doesn't go in her favor. Yeah. And you add to that. And, and you know, I kind of hear the closing arguments all coming together in, in my mind, at least um, parts of them. There's also the evidence that Johnny Depp's team has elicited that the, the, the fight in Australia was about a postnuptial, as you, as you said, Chanley, which is about money, it is. which is about money. If it's not about the money, then you sign a postnup. But, um, you know, it, whether it is or isn't about the money, what she is or is not entitled to uh, is irrelevant to the conversation because she is putting it out there that I don't want anything from him. Nothing. And I, whatever I had, I just gave it away. She also, didn't she also testify that she couldn't take nothing from him because she was being advised that if you took nothing, somehow the agreement would not be valid and could be overturned. I, I didn't understand that testimony because I had a bunch of matrimonial attorneys on my show who said, that's ridiculous, mm -hmm. right? You can agree to whatever you want to agree to. Exactly. You don't have to take 7 million. You can take zero. Right. She could have literally took nothing from him, <laughs> just signed the paper and went on her own uh, about her business. Uh, but no, she... And and remember the testimony from Depp's case, you know, his business manager, his attorney testified how there was this contentious negotiation, what Depp's team calls blackmail, even in the days after this May 21st, 2016 event, where she was trying to threaten that she was going to go file this restraining order if he didn't give her what she wanted. And the amount went from $4 million to $5 million to $7 million to, it was this back and forth. Uh, and then I guess 
what it seemed, she didn't get what she wanted. So she went and filed this restraining order, or that's what Depp's team wants the jury to believe in that moment. So uh, there is some strong evidence to support that so far inside the courtroom. Absolutely. And again, it's not, you know, you're married in California, you're, you're entitled to certain money. That is just the way it is. But it's not that she's not entitled to the money. It's that she says she didn't want it. But on the other hand, the evidence seems to suggest that, uh, yeah, she wanted some money. And, there, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's in complete contradiction to the picture she's trying to paint that I just wanted to get away. I don't want a penny from you, Johnny Depp. Now, another attack on Amber Heard, and this was towards the end of the cross-examination, involves a prior relationship that Amber Heard had uh, with a woman that she was dating, and I thought she maybe she was married to. Maybe you can clarify that for us, but let's listen to the testimony first. You committed domestic violence against Miss Van Ree during your relationship, didn't you? No, I did not. You assaulted her at a Seattle airport in 2009, didn't you? No, I did not. And people saw that? That's not true. And it was covered in the press. Isn't that true? It was, a, it was planted in the press by Johnny's team two days after I got the TRO. Okay. So the, let's first get to the truth of what, what happened at that airport in Seattle. Now, she, someone did see something and she did get arrested, right? Not just someone. It was the police at the airport who saw it, Vinny, and made an arrest. Amber Heard was arrested in 2009 for domestic violence. She was booked. There was a mugshot taken, apparently, according to Depp's team. And charges were ultimately not filed or, or, or dropped because her uh, then partner or wife, it's unclear. I believe Amber called her wife. I'm not sure. Uh, didn't want to pursue it. Uh, Tazia Dayri was her name. And since that time, Tazia has gone in, out and spoken publicly that this really didn't happen. It was a big misunderstanding. She shouldn't have been arrested to support Amber Heard. She's also on Amber Heard's witness list, uh, by the way, to probably counteract that point on cross. But that was a big issue and something definitely Depp's team wanted to bring up. And it's a win that that was into evidence. And she was able to be questioned about that, Benny. Yeah, that I mean, that's huge because it gets to domestic violence. And, and who is the the person initiating who is the one who is being more aggressive who was the one who's getting physical and johnny depp's team saying it's amber heard amber heard saying it's johnny depp um and the only one who has any sort of prior incident is amber heard now she was not prosecuted for it but she was arrested for it um that's a, and, and i think that's another big piece of what johnny depp's team will ultimately say uh to this street where are all the other women right where are all the other women lined up um, accusing Johnny Depp of domestic violence. You know, there was another moment uh, during her testimony where she mentioned Kate Moss in a staircase. Chanley Painter, um, we've talked about this before, but this would be, this would fall in this category of someone who has previously accused Johnny Depp of violence, which is what we saw throughout the Me Too movement. One person comes out, then everyone else feels empowered to come out with their accusations. What, what exactly is the status of the Kate Moss allegation and what do we expect to happen as a result of all that? Yeah, that was a huge moment. We could see it. Ben Chu, when she mentioned Kate Moss's name, celebrated like, yes, fist pump and turned around and looked at Camille. That opened the door for them to inquire further, which she was crossed about it again. And Amber Heard 
explained that she had heard a rumor or story that came to her mind where Johnny Depp tried to throw during a fight Kate Moss down a flight of stairs. And that's what made her so scared in that situation for her sister where she had to punch Johnny Depp in self-defense. So we could, you know, unlikely, I don't know, Kate Moss would take the stand, but maybe she has some sort of a statement or something they could get in to counteract that. Uh, but you bring up the point where, you know, he has all, all had a lot of relationships over the last several decades and no other woman has accused him of physical abuse. And that's a huge point for Johnny Depp's team. Ellen Barkin is going to testify for Amber Heard. However, it's not about physical abuse towards her. It's about him throwing a wine bottle across the room in the heat of the argument with his assistants. That's all they have, Vinny. That's all they have. Ellen Barkin, I remember she was she was in the hallway waiting online to get into the Harvey yes. Weinstein trial as well. She seems yes. to be in the middle of I all I saw this. her there. Unbelievable. All right. I want to listen to one more piece of um, Amber Heard's testimony. Again, this is now after cross-examination, redirect her attorneys asking her a question, trying to kind of clean up some of what happened uh, throughout the cross-examination and really try to paint the big picture for this jury. Let's take a listen. I am set back. I have to relive it. I have to, to ha have my, the worst, most painful things I've ever gone through, painful memories I've ever had, the things I've narrowly survived at times, embarrassing, intimate details that I never wanted to be known, never wanted to be public ever, and to have them used every single day to call me a liar. I have to relive this every single day that I have to address those claims. Over and over again, the most intimate, embarrassing, deeply humiliating and personal things that I've survived are used against me every day, over and over again. It's torture. It's so, I'm in so much pain emotionally. I'm, I'm, I just wanted him to leave me alone. I wanted to move on with my life. And he won't let me. By making statements like this, he won't let me. This is um, fascinating to me because while it, 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 it does, it could be very powerfully used by Amber Heard, um, Johnny Depp's team could turn this whole thing around very easily. Like, you want to move on. He won't let me. Who was the one who wrote the op-ed in 2018? Like, they split in 2016. They were done. They had a non-disclosure agreement. They had a settlement. Each had moved in their own direction. It was time to turn the page. Uh, if you want to get... And, and again, this gets to what she's saying. She wants to move on with her life. But in 2018, she didn't want to move on with her life. She wanted to write about domestic violence and being a survivor and all of that for whatever the motivation was, whether it was publicity for Aquaman, whether it was to raise her profile, or if she just wanted to help other uh, women out there. No matter what the motivation was, she, at that point, did not want to move on, Chanley. Right. And you bring up several points. Depp's team wants this jury to believe it was to promote her new movie release, to raise her profile, to help her career, that she brought this back up. Heard's team wants the jury to believe that, look, Amber Heard has been altruistic her entire life. She grew up 
volunteering at the children's hospital. This is just another part of her wanting to help other people and to be a spokesperson uh, for this particular issue. And and I think we sort of have forgotten what they said in opening statements, which was, I think what we're going to hear in closings for Amber Heard's one of her strongest defenses other than truth is that she had a First Amendment right to speak about issues of public concern. And we're going to start here to hear more about that. And that's that's what I believe she's hoping this jury believes, because if they believe that, Benny, then she has immunity under Virginia law, which is a whole other podcast to- topic. Right. But um, but yeah, so she has admitted she wrote this article and that's very clear in the courtroom. She wrote this article and there was also, I think, a very huge development for Johnny Depp's team on cross yesterday, Vinny, when she was asked about the certain statements and phrases at issue in that article. And Camille specifically said, you were referring to Johnny Depp when he wrote this, right? Because his name's not explicitly in this article. And while Amber did not say, yes, that I was intending to mean Johnny Depp, she said, I didn't, it's not only Johnny Depp. So there's a wording there. So this, uh, in closings, Depp's team can use that and say, she admitted that she intended this to mean Johnny Depp plus other men. So I thought that was a big score that they can really take advantage of in closings. Janley Painter from Fairfax County, Virginia, reporting on the Johnny Depp case. Thanks so much, Janley. I know you got to get back inside the courtroom. Appreciate it. We'll speak again. Thanks, Manny. When we come back, um, this is the right, the ultimate he said, she said, right? Um, but to win this case, I think she needs a little help. Talk about that when we come back. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. I was trying to point out how absurd how absurd it would be for him to keep making me prove this by calling me a liar. I was trying to get him to not call me a liar because everything that I had said to date and everything I've said to date now is the truth. And I was begging him not to make me prove it, that there were photos, that there were witnesses, that there was my testimony. There were years of me with injuries on the dates where we were fighting and they were documented. I mean, pictures from 2012. So I was trying to say to him either, you'd suppose that people would rather believe this is a hoax, elaborate, well-orchestrated year-long campaign for what? Or that, what, it just seemed crazy. And I thought no one was advising him in his best interest. I thought no one was telling him the truth. That is Amber Heard talking about what she wants. Just stop calling me a liar, Johnny Depp. Stop calling me a liar. And and that's the basis of her cross-claim versus Johnny Depp for $100 million, by the way. And she's claiming her career has been ruined by Johnny Depp calling her a liar. And obviously Johnny Depp is claiming his career is ruined because... 
she's calling him uh, an abuser. What's fascinating is, is that it's, it's he said, she said, right? Two people in, in this relationship telling us completely different versions of what was happening and, and whose fault it was and who's the victim and who's the abuser. But if this was a straight up, he said, she said, she would not win. She would not win this case. And, and I think that's, that's been demonstrated by the general reaction to Amber Heard. And it may just be a product to the way she comes across when she testifies. Something about her. You know, you can't, you, you know, I've had body language experts on my show. I've had psychiatrists on my show, psychologists trying to figure out what it is. Why is it that overwhelmingly the public has had this reaction? Is it just that they love Johnny Depp? No, it's not just that they love Johnny Depp. I mean, these are people that were like kind of neutral on the whole thing that also are questioning her. And it has something to do with the way she testifies. Now, it could be one of two things. It could just be who she is and the way she expresses herself, and it just rubs people the wrong way. She's not likable, right? That's one explanation. Another explanation could be what, what Johnny Depp's expert said, which is that she's borderline personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder, and she exaggerates, and, you know, she's got to be the center of attention, and she, you know, it can make things up, et cetera. It could be that as well. If it's that, then, then Johnny Depp can win this thing. If it's just that people don't like her, um, I can understand that. Sometimes someone testifies, you just don't, there's something about it. You don't like them for whatever reason. You don't like them. And then you have to, and then he said, she said, you've got Johnny Depp on the other hand, who's, you know, he's likable. <laughs> he's likable. Sorry, you, you may not like him yourself, but overwhelmingly, the response to Johnny Depp is that he's more likable, more charming, whatever it is. Doesn't mean he's telling the truth. And then the fact that she's not likable doesn't mean that she's lying. But when you're in front of a jury, um, they've got to make a call here. And the call they've got to make, this is not a criminal case. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt. It's just preponderance of the evidence, which is anything over 50%. Who do you believe just a little bit more than the other person? And if it came down to that, I, I don't think she wins. I really don't. She needs help. But you, you heard in, in what she just testified to, what we played for you from her redirect, is that I think she acknowledges that. And, and this is where the help's going to come from, from witnesses, because there are people around Johnny and Amber. But we heard from a bunch of them who didn't help her. Um, and, and now during her case, we're starting to hear from some of her friends and some people who, I don't know if you, if you would uh, define them necessarily as her friend, but like friends of her friends, uh, seem to be supporting her side of the story. She's going to need that help. She absolutely needs that help. The problem is, 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 and it gets back to Australia and these extreme examples of violence that she has described. If a juror believes that she is exaggerating, what does a juror do with that? Does a juror say, well, she's exaggerating, but I think something happened, but something less? Does that juror say, well, she's exaggerating, she's lying, I'm not going to listen to what she says? Or are they going to say, she's exaggerating, 
that's part of her personality, but there is some grain of truth in what she is testifying to. Therefore, I believe her a little bit more than I believe Johnny Depp. That's what it's going to come down to. But I think it all depends upon her getting help, which is other witnesses who come to the table with credibility, who testify in a way that is very believable and matches independent evidence, whether it's a photograph, a statement, a recording, something. But you need those independent witnesses that are in line with with evidence that you can look at and say, I trust this piece of evidence. And okay, this is the, the witness testifying about that piece of evidence. Everything's lining up for me. Okay. I, I, I can believe Amber a little bit more than I can believe Johnny. I can believe Amber's side version of what happened versus Johnny's version of what happened. That's how she wins this case. Because standing by herself, mano a mano versus Johnny Depp, I don't think she wins this case. I really don't. I think the cross-examination of her was much better than the cross-examination of Johnny Depp. I think her direct examination was much weaker than Johnny Depp's direct examination. And, and it comes down to perhaps who they are and how they testify. But that's why you have a trial. You consider all the evidence, and that's what this jury is going to do. They're going to consider it all. And we will continue to cover it for you on your front row seat to justice, Court TV, uh, gavel-to-gavel coverage of this trial. Uh, you can find Court TV. We are a television network. If you have a digital antenna, rescan it to find us, my show. We take a look at all the big moments, break it down every night from 8 to 10, 8 to 10 uh, on Court TV. Uh, check it out. And uh, we'll be back next week because this trial is not over yet. It's not over until the jury speaks. I'm Vinny Politan. Thanks so much for listening and downloading. Until next week, uh, um, uh, we will speak with you. And don't forget to hug the kids. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.